Welcome to Every Little Voice, a podcast about community music. My name is Richard Marcella. I'm your host and executive director at the Regent Park School of Music in Toronto, where we offer subsidized music lessons to over 1,300 kids in Regent Park and other areas from the city. It's my pleasure to be discussing the Song Interpretation Program. This is the fourth year that we launch the Park Songbook. And this is my talk with Zarana Savik, a voice teacher at the school who helped develop the program. And we couldn't do it without our friends from the Canadian Music Centre. All prior three volumes are available at the Canadian Music Centre's website, musiccentre.ca. Uh, you'll hear pieces from Monica Pierce, Alice Ho, Alexina Louis, and Cecilia Livingston in this episode, uh, and brought to life by our wonderful students at the Regent Park School of Music. We're so thankful to our supporters from the Aaron Brock Foundation. Um, and please, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is my talk with RPSM teacher and soprano Zarana Savik. Enjoy. Your little voice has a story to tell And you want to let it out, want to break through the shell Want to break through the shell Your little voice ain't so different from mine It's proud and Welcome to Every Little Voice, uh, uh, a podcast uh, uh, about music education and community music. We're here with Zarana Savik, longtime uh, faculty member here at the Regent Park School of Music. How, how many are? How many years have you been teaching at the school? <laughs> I think that I have been teaching for 12 years now, if my math is correct. Well, that is an unbelievable statement. You don't get that kind of, I mean, I'm just going to say that right out of the gate. You don't get that kind of commitment um, for many projects in a modern world, I find. I mean, people move. People move. Mm-hmm. What? You moved with I the moved school. I moved with the school. school. Yes. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so if you can, like, I don't know. Maybe, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to start you. Yeah, I know we're going to move towards uh, your work with the song interpretation and the Park Songbook. That's our end goal. Yeah. But what drove you to the school way before my time uh, with this project? What brought you here? Okay, so what brought me here uh, was sort of a twofold thing. I had had excellent teachers, teachers that made such a difference in my life, uh, that were probably like kind of responsible for, you know, me getting into actually keeping up with a career in music. Mm-hmm. And I did feel this sense of, of like, just how much a teacher can make a difference and how they can encourage you enough to pursue something as foolhardy as a career in the arts in this country. Right. So I sort of had this sense of responsibility and yeah. And, um, I, and I needed money. I was fresh out of school and I had, you know, my singing gigs and I, wanted to do something that would use the skill set I already had. And I didn't have any sense that I would be any good at teaching at all. Um, and in fact, I would say that for the first couple of years, I don't think I was such a great teacher. But mm-hmm. then the kids taught me how to teach. Wow. Kind of like parents teach you how to be a parent. Right, uh, right, kids right. teach you how to be their parent. Um, and it, it really has surprised me how much I enjoy teaching. But that that was it. It was twofold. I needed a gig to supplement my gig gig. Which right. I think is true of most of the teachers that teach. You know, we want right. to do, we, we love what we do. We we want that sort of extra supplement to our income. And then I think we go into it if, if we want to kind of pay it forward, if we've had good teachers. I love that. I've always said with music education um, that part of what drives me and inspires me to want to do it and be in this world is um, 
is helping share your definition of what music is to others. Yeah. So like if you disagree with, you know, yes, and, yes, and yes. I know you have a lot of strong opinions when it comes to how to do it, how to make yeah. music. Is this music good? Why is it not so good? Like, yes. is that something that, that you would, you would agree with then or? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you learn along the way, yeah. uh, what works and what doesn't and what is a bunch of hooey. <clears throat> you know, there's still a lot of old fashioned things in place in all areas of education, I think. Yeah. Um, that we kind of, if you're lazy about it, which sometimes you want to be lazy, like some, it's tiring. Teaching is like a tiring thing. I get why it happens that we sort mm -hmm. of rely on maybe old materials or old methods, you know, and, 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 but they're not always the best for the student. And plus music and, and one's relationship to music has changed so much since I was a kid. Right? right? You can get any song you want right. at any time now. Right. There's no saving up and walking along the suburban highway to the Sunrise Records to right. buy the tape. Right. It's they can all do it in two seconds. And this is all kids. I mean, like we yeah. teach kids of a certain economic bracket here at the school, but right. even they, like it's very rare that someone doesn't have access to whatever they want, even if they're just pulling it up on YouTube. Right. Right. For free. They yeah, can get that's it. really well put in terms of the, the changing face of music yeah. education and how we approach it and continue to want to engage youth who you know the curiosity is there. Yes. Right. That's the one constant when we were young, when, yes. when they are young. Right. Yep. Um, but it's how to feed that and build off of it. That's the art form, too. It is, but also along with that availability to music mm -hmm. is also a sense of um, it's it's disposable. Right. You know, I mean, I remember the first time I got an iPod all those years ago, yeah. how I would never listen. I downloaded all the albums and then all of a sudden I was just very easily fast forwarding through all the songs. Right. Fast forward. Right. Even that word fast forward is not really like it's skipping now. It used to be fast forward. You yep. had to endure right. the music passing by. Right. It right. took time now. It's so easy. So I do think that you have to work a little harder to find like, think about how you, sure. how I saved and saved and sure. saved for that Duran Duran album sure, sure. or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. But now it's, it's disposable too. So it's, it's twofold. The access is great, but the specialness of music and yeah. it's, it's hard won magic is, is sort of gone. A friend and colleague on my, on that end uh, told me once, you know, yeah, we have, it's all at our fingertips, but does anyone really sink in? Like you used to listen to a Mingus record for a year. Yes, totally. Just that one record. Totally. Do we learn music this, the, as slowly or in-depthly? Yes. It, it is a thing now that needs to be, you almost need to teach how to value it. Yes, and slow it down. It's yeah. all about that speed, right? Yeah, yeah. Like even the everything, pulling out a record and putting it on and yeah. putting the needle on, or even the clunky tapes, which was more my I – mean, most of what I had was on tape. Cassette tape, In the yeah. car, yeah. the ghetto blaster, quote-unquote. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, times have really changed when yeah. we used to use right. that word all the time, right? Right, like, right. You never so – you, you right. never use that yes. word anymore. Thankfully. So uh, – Anyway, yeah. So did you, back to it, did you know when you got into Regent Park School of Music and this family, did you know what it was in terms of a community music school model? Or was it, was that kind of, did you learn that too as you went? I kind of learned it as I went. Uh -huh. I learned it as I went. And so you knew you wanted to teach. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't so much, hey, I want to teach. And you know that, that we are different as a school. No, right? I mean, I'd love to say that I had that lofty goal, but I was right. like in my, you know, mid-20s, yeah. yeah. wow. I think. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. No, that's not right. No? 
Okay, no. you tell you no, tell I'm me. I'm just now. gonna yeah. No. I'm just gonna. So, uh, well, right? Because are we dating my time from when the, before the school closed? Because remember, no, there was a you little talk closeout. all about that. Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. taught for a while, and then the school closed, and then it opened again. So that would have been around 2003, if my knowledge Math of the history right? of the school is correct. Because yeah, yeah, because the school did fall on hard times. If you want to talk about that a little bit, of why, like, yes. can you? Do you I don't that? really know. Okay, so should I should just correct that to say? I yeah. wasn't in my mid twenties. I was okay. in my mid thirties. Okay. Um, and I, I wasn't doing some kind of good works project. I okay. didn't know a lot about the Regent Park School of Music, but right. I saw the posting. Right. And I had now. I will say this: my awareness of the neighborhoods became. I mean, I got into it really quickly because before that, I had taught at a school at Eglinton and Bayview, okay, which is a very different demographic. Sure. Like about as far away from this as you can get. Right. And when and there was a time where I was teaching for a little bit with the at the two different schools. Yeah. And yeah. that's when my love of this school became cemented. Okay. Uh, because that's a fairly wealthy, affluent neighborhood. And I was doing a lot of quote unquote babysitting teaching mm -hmm. with very little follow through from some of the parents with homework and things. It just wasn't as hard one for them. Whereas here where it's hard and you've got the single mom bringing her kid to the lesson right. and the money is very dear. Um, I just found there was a different level of commitment right away. That was patently obvious to me as soon as I started teaching here. And that's key, right? Because parent buy-in, as we all know, yes, is like music lessons actually should be a family thing. Okay. Like the whole family is involved in it, in encouraging it, right. in having music on in the house, in coming right. to concerts. But we've certainly seen the challenges that um, yeah. a lot of the kids we work with here uh, have. And, yeah. and so so sometimes yeah. when you say things like that, yeah. it, it's easier said than done, right? Because yeah. sometimes you as a teacher are not maybe even connecting with a parent who might not be able to come in and pick up or drop off, right? Yes, although very rare. Okay. It's very rare. Like I, You I, try to make that connection when, whenever you can. I obviously. do. I yeah. do. I, like, I'm trying to yeah. think, how many students do I not know the faces of their parents? Okay. Not many. Okay. Not many. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting, the Bayview experience that you yes. were mentioning versus ours. And then you get me thinking about a, a, a theme of, is the socioeconomic background of a student a different experience for you as a teacher, um, you know, yeah. and is the, is their development, is it, would you say it's different based on your experience or? Well, so I think good music education is good music education. Let me start right. from that perspective. And I don't actually, I'm not a fan of talking about like all yeah. kids learn the same way yeah, and, or rather all kids can learn the same way, yeah. um, whether they do or they don't. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think what that changes the way I offer it to them doesn't okay. change. Yeah. I do think my experience as a teacher, not the student experience, my experience is different when there is more commitment from the family okay. to help with things like homework, which is with, 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 with practicing at home. Right. Um, and I, I mean, it's a generalization, but I just, I find that at this school, the parents are more involved mm -hmm. and I can only deduce that it's my own conclusion that it's because it's very, very, um, it's not, how do I say this properly? Nothing is taken for granted with these families. Mm -hmm. So even if they're only paying two bucks, it's not just the two bucks that they're paying. It's the fact that they're coming here and, and, and it's often 
a parent, a single parent, mm-hmm. often a mother bringing their kid here to this lesson. Mm. And that's hard if you're working two jobs and mm. that's just effort. So if your kid is not practicing and it's useless, you're not, you're, you're it's a waste of your time, right. but that time is very dear. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't yeah. have money and time at their fingertips in the way that a family at, at right. Young and Bayview necessarily does. And right. that, that is a generalization, right, of course. Right, right, but right, right, right. Well, I, I mean, that kind of gets me to the question on, you've been doing this now for about 12, we'll say yeah. 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, what does kind of keep bringing you back to RPSM? Like eventually it becomes more than, I think this is, I, I'm going to speak for you. I'd like yeah. to think that this has been more than a, a job job for you. I get oh, that there yeah. is the financial compensation when we try our best and value music educators, but what else is there? Yeah, like- yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, I will say that the job thing, yeah. just when you're in your mid-30s, this job right. has a bigger effect on your finances than when you're now at my age. Right. Now it's not a job. Now, it, I mean, I, could, I, don't, yeah. I don't need, yeah. it's, it's not yeah. the job. Now it's, oh my God, I don't know. I mean, like we're in pretty deep now. It feels like yeah. you know you reach over. A, like I, I would say you in your career now with yeah. this being like, it feels like it's a real part of huge who you you know. I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but oh, I no, just no, I, I think it's a huge like part. Like twelve, of thirteen years. Like even for my, myself, it's like seven years into it. It, it. it is the job I've kept the longest in yeah. my in my yes. adult life. Right. Yes. So yes. Yes. That's Me an interesting too. St- thing, right? To be able yep. to say and and keep feeding. For sure it is. I mean, it's funny because I don't know if this will make it onto yeah. this or not, but but it, it's sort of an interesting thought about job versus not. There are many places that would be of more benefit to me in terms of income, for example, sure. to teach. Sure. And I think at this point with my experience, there are many. But my husband and I constantly talk about how there is no other place that will satisfy the desire I have to teach what I want to teach. Right. Uh, and you're a large part of that, but, but because I think outside the box and because mm-hmm. there are so many different things that I want to try, mm-hmm. if I couldn't do that, then I'm not sure the teaching would be of interest to me. Right. Be- right. Because as I said, I don't need it right. particularly, but I want it, but only in this way where I can be experimental with the way I approach things, right. where I can be, where I can have a lack of hierarchy in terms of genres while still teaching classical singing, which is the way that I, the that's technical the basis. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the yeah. technical basis right. of what I teach. Right. Um, but then it goes like off. Well, then it can go it off builds, depending on the that, student. Yeah. yeah. And, and it can be a combination of all those things, but or that, you know, that I see that a kid is interested in songwriting and that yep. I want to encourage that. But I also want them to be able to sight read because that's an important tool that I want them to have. You yeah. Know, you you got to. I don't want to put these kids into silos. It's kind of prescriptive. Like it's collaborative with the child, right? With, yeah. yeah. And I, and I yeah. see that in, in the way you approach it. And, and yeah. that's obviously feeding now back and forth as we get more sophisticated or not even sophisticated, but just try to capture what the school stands for and yeah. the curriculum. It's like a lot of that is informing both ways and, yeah. th- and, and just encouraging both ways saying, you know what, you're really onto something. We all agree with this yeah. and like, let's do more of it. And, and, and then yeah. kind of know what we stand for. If that, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, and question yeah. that always, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a constant evolution. I don't think, you know, I'm going to say this. I don't think we'll ever get it hundred percent right, right as music educators, but right. we're all going to tr- keep trying. Right. I mean, to keep evolving it. Yeah. I've, one of the things you touched on there was interesting to me is you time and space and who we meet along the way too. like, right. I've always loved saying just 
yeah, how do we make that fly? How do we like, yeah. you know, you bring a lot of ideas and suggestions into the mix that, right. that are like, it's just my joy to yeah try, to, try to bring as much of that to life as possible. Right. And yeah. I think, I think like, I love when I see that anywhere, like at a university, at a, you know, in, in yes. any institution, I really think that's how like the fun things kind of come to life. We've seen that with our collaborators, let's say, with the song interpretation program in the Canadian yeah. Music Center. Like, yeah. Matthew Fava over at the Canadian Music Center mm-hmm. cannot be, like, cannot be underestimated how valuable that is. Oh, the fact totally. that he just keeps saying yes to every last uh, suggestion and it keeps growing and evolving every year better than the last, I fear. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah. And fear and fear. I really fear that. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's getting better. Um, <laughs> and, uh, do you, can you maybe go there of about the, people, about, and walk us through? Well, about maybe about uh, people like Matthew Fava that that you've met in your in your career. But then eventually, I do want to land on the Park Songbook, a sure. very inspiring project. Yes. Okay. So I think that um, uh, without going into this too far, I mm-hmm. think it's really important that we realize that we are not the answer to everything in the teaching paradigm. We ourselves as teachers. And if we grew up in a zero to Carnegie Hall model, as I did, university training, uh, lots of uh, practice and repetition, really an aesthetic that we were all trying to fit into as opposed to an aesthetic that we were trying to create. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm getting passionate. Yes, yes, yes. Pull it up. Um, So, so, but in that model, let's say, which is the model I came up in and has some good things about it, but also some soul crushing things about it. Yes. Um, there's a kind of cult of personality that happens where teachers feel that they are the answer to everything and they are all that the student needs and they can take care of all the various aspects of the student's growth, but it's really not true. And sometimes the most Hmm. unusual guest to come in and work with your student can have a huge effect on um, on the student's growth and shed light on something you've been trying to teach them that they, for whatever reason, couldn't get until it was said by somebody else. Right. Um, Interesting. And not just in a technical way, but like I'm thinking of Adario Williams sure. coming in to work sure. with our um, Youth yep. on the Justice System program. And, yeah. And, you know, or, um, you know, maybe you get a movement person in to work with a student who's yep. struggling with tension in their body or... You know, and as as professional musicians, we get this. Yeah. We don't it's, collaborate all the time with the same people. Right. We collaborate with different people. Sometimes we collaborate with the most unlikely of people. Right. Uh, sometimes we put the, a very unusual musician with a genre that they've never done, and the results are spectacular. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah, we get yeah. that as professional musicians, there can't be a split between who you are as a, as a musician making music right. and who you are as a teacher. Right, right. Because right. you're cutting them off and you're patronizing them then. And, yeah, instead and, of pulling them into what you know is true. And we continue to learn. I, I really, the co-learner thing is big with me. When do you ever draw the line and say, okay, now I'm this. Yes. And and it's a top-down approach. I mean, we yeah. should all be just yes. mucking around and, right. and, and curious as our students are and, and right. never lose that. So I think that you're, you're yeah. spot on with prescribing. Oh, you know what? I, I think, think you, you would need... be, you, you would be really, ben- it would benefit you to work with yes. John Southworth for three weeks. Yeah. Bang. Totally. Right? And, and I love that, uh, that approach. Yeah. So, I mean, Matthew Fava is a huge, is, a, is such a huge resource because he knows he has his finger on the pulse of what's going on compositionally in this country. Yeah. And that's very interesting to me. And now, okay. So I guess I yeah. should park song book it maybe before I talk about Matthew Fava. Should I? Go ahead. You just did. Okay. So, so, 
What, what do you want me to say about it? Now, if you're listening at home, <laughs> she was directly on the path to get you there casually and informally. <laughs> but then Zorana took a moment to step outside of herself and narrate where she was going. So let's take this moment to narrate where we are going. We're going to talk about the Park Songbook, a project near and dar to our hearts. And uh, yeah, please do talk about, I mean, Matthew Favreau was certainly there in its inception yes. uh, along the way. We we, yes. we kind of um, brought Matthew into the fold, yes. into a program that was already well on its way. And he, I think, really helped inflate it to what it's become, yes. right? Uh, just giving it that level of uh, the scope that we think it deserves, yes. right? And shining a light on things that we may not know. Yeah. Like he has an awareness of what's going on, who's writing what, who might be doing something interesting that nobody else knows about because exactly. he knows about it. And yeah. so, you know, we're not interested in sort of always trumpeting the mainstream here, partly because we're modeling that for our students, right? right. Like what, what what's going on? What's going on with who, what, where, what are they writing? Right. So the Park Songbook uh, will now very formally... Yes, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. Capital letters underlined. <clears throat> so the Park Songbook is a, a project where uh, there's the Park Songbook and there's song interpretation. Yes. So song interpretation is a class that I do in the summers where I pair singers and pianists together and they work together for three weeks straight and they form, you know, a very strong musical union and they get used to listening rather than just making sound. Mm. And so that's the purpose of the course and to bring music to life in terms of really mining the storytelling and the phrasing and the musicality rather than technical stuff. The pairing. What is the pairing? It's the pairing a- is one pianist with one singer. So okay. we usually have anywhere from three to five pairs which are comprised of a pianist and a singer. Perfect. So that is the class. So we started out doing that class. That's a class that you you can take in university. In fact, I believe at the University of Toronto where I took it, it was called Song Interpretation. Right. Um, you know, and at that time it was like Chan Lowen and Lois, the late Lois Marshall, the soprano teaching okay. that class at U of T. Yeah. And I remember that I really loved that class because it was about bringing music to life and very in-depth coachings and master classes, et cetera. Okay. So and that, when you came to me in 2000, I think 11, yeah. that's really what you said. That was, uh, yes. that was kind of the pitch to say that we need something like this at the school where kids have an opportunity to go deeper with the music and just approach it in a different way. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so we did it with English songs and English translations of art songs and things in the first year. And it was great. But what I realized, and again, this is just like a learning moment that I had as a teacher, mm-hmm. is that identification with poetry and text at this age level, which was is about 14 to 18, let's say. Yep. Maybe we've had one 13-year-old, actually. Mm-hmm. 13 to 18, mm-hmm. I think, is around the age range. Mm-hmm. Um, that Just like young actors or maybe high school students when you give them Shakespeare, yeah. um, it was so much work for them to identify with the texts. And that was the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Because you spend so much of the year kind of like blanking out and just singing I mean, I guess we'll talk about the conservatory or not mm-hmm. later. Um, but, uh, you know, like so much of the music that the students sing is this royal conservatory stuff that they're very disconnected to for a number of reasons. Right. Um, I remember one night um, walking by your studio, you pulling me in and saying, look at this conservatory repertoire. Look how much. Yes. In ter- Just in terms of the language base of our students. Yes. The, you know, and. Is it reflected in that yes. in that body of work, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a concern of mine, and it's only a singer 
a, a vocal one because right. instrumental music is non. I mean, well, right, that it, doesn't maybe. come out as much. It doesn't come out as much. Um, slant of the music. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. fine. The conservatory is a classical music examination system. That's fine. Nobody's sort of disputing that. Right. But 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 the problem is that my students can uh, often speak three or four very complicated dialects that right. I could never hope to speak in a million years, and they can write in that script and their ability to speak perfect unaccented English and then move to Cantonese with their mother. I mean, it blows my mind. And how do you celebrate that? And right? how do, and why not? Because it's unbelievable Absolutely. to me. It's such a huge gift, but, right. but, but the Royal Conservatory syllabus is about European languages. Right. And even the English songs are really old English songs, which are very hard even for me to understand. I'm a classical soprano that sings like Purcell and, and Bach and Handel and, or they're Christian songs. So there's a right. real bias here. Right. And so right. that's fine in the context of the professional music making world. But if it's a, a music school for young musicians, it needs to reflect uh, the cultural needs of the city and specifically Toronto. And specifically the park, right? Which is where you kind of bring it yes. to back to a neighborhood in the city of Toronto. That's right. And now I want to be clear here. I don't mean... So, so I am a, I am a, my parents are from Pakistan and I was born here. I was born in the States. So I was born in North America mm-hmm. and I, I don't, what I don't mean, cause I'm very sensitive about this too, yeah. is going up to each student and saying, do you have a Cantonese song that you could right. sing for us? Because, because, you know, I didn't have any Pakistani music and it was sort of like a weird impostery feeling when I would say like, no, I listened to Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, yeah. we only you know? sing the, the, the songs of our cultural background. That's right. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that is so a that, little, that, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's not Thanks for what clearing I, that up. yeah, yes. that's not what I mean. Right. However, um, I often will give the student an opportunity. Sometimes I'll say, you know, is there music that you listen to at home that I don't know about that you love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it comes up that it's music that's part of their culture and they want to sing it, yeah. then I'll say, let's bring it in. I'll see if I can figure out a little arrangement or put some chords underneath it that's, or whatever. That's the co-learning I'm talking about is the, is the, is the going into areas where you don't know. Yes. Right. Oh, and, absolutely. And, really, and really making it a back and forth. Yes. And so I think that's important because I don't want them to think like their culture is in a little box on the shelf. Yeah. But I also that's don't what you want. Do at home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I also yeah, don't want yeah. to define them by it if they themselves are. Good. And especially at this age, it can be a sensitive thing. You might be at the stage where you want to blend in. Right. And I can right. re- I can relate to that right. being the case when I was when I was their age, too. So. Sure. So anyway, it's a delicate balance. But but the point is, cultural stuff aside, mm-hmm. just the and this neighborhood aside, mm-hmm. just the age of these kids. Yeah made me think, I wish the text was something that they could really relate to. Mm-hmm. Because the point of the song is bringing to life the intention of the lyric in this art song. Because the art song is really, right? Like it's a meditation on the poetry yeah. or on the words that they've written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> fast forward, we got some really exciting um, funding offered to us by the Aaron Brock Foundation, which mm-hmm. was really exciting. And they said, can we fund something of yours, sort of a dream project? And I said, well, yes, this is what I'd like to do is is hold a poetry contest and then take the po- in our school written by the kids. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to pick some poems and I would like to give them to some of Canada's best and most exciting composers and commission them to write songs for piano and voice on these poems. Yeah. Yeah. It's really that. And that, that model of bringing in Canadian music center mm-hmm. and just ramping up the, you know, the uniqueness. And I think we're, 
It, it definitely is a reflection of the students. The students are in it from the get-go, right? Yep. They're collaborating. Like, there's so much going on there now yeah. from the lyric writing and how we've approached that and, and, and grown ourselves in yes. terms of how to foster that. Yes. Um, bringing in poets like Shannon Brammer and Anne-Marie Woods, Woods yeah. to the composition, right? Yes. To, to direct. The poetry side, yeah. Yeah, setting of the music. The composer coming in in advance and meeting with you mm-hmm. and or the students and learning mm-hmm. what their ability is and playing and, and really tailoring the music to their ability. That's like, yeah. that's right where we want to be, I think, in terms of, yes. you know, giving the, uh, our students such an amazing memorable experience but they've had to work eh? like we're, we're just, actually if oh, i can yeah. put this this <clears throat> podcast in you never like to put it in a, in a time and space but we've just finished the park songbook volume three which yes. is a bound uh score yeah. right compiled score through the canadian music center that will just be coming out with how many pieces are in this year's songbook? Uh, 10 10 pieces <clears throat> from the composers alexina louis who else is involved? Cecilia Livingston, Monica Pierce, and Alice Pinijo. Yeah, I mean, um, unbelievable. We, so we just had the mm-hmm. premiere, uh, a week ago. We're going to break right now. Let's actually, uh, enough talking about music. Let's listen to one of the pieces. What, what piece do you want to cue up here? Uh, why don't we cue up, uh, Cecilia Livingston's piece, I See You? Here it comes now. I See You.
So that was wow, amazing piece. Can you yeah. talk about um, <clears throat> the kids who performed it and and just what was going through your mind while that was being premiered last week? Yes. So I see you as this really um, perfect poem. Do you remember who wrote the lyrics? Yeah, it's okay. um, Stefan Atelievich. Okay. Yes, um, whose sister and he have been uh, students at school for a long time. Yeah. I taught his his older sister voice for many years. And yeah. I believe she had a poem in the Park Songbook too. And she was, at, Current. She yeah. was at the premiere last week, yeah. which was really yeah. beautiful. So yeah. the family's involved there. And, um, you know, Alice... Ho, one of the composers this year said, this poetry is really good. It's better than some of the poetry I get like professional, right. like adult commissions on. Right, uh, right. So, so this poem was great. Just a classic poem about watching somebody make a bad uh, choice, a sort of bullying choice, and then realize that it's not a good idea okay. and that they shouldn't be like that and that they should do unto others as they would right. like to have done to them. However, written in the lovely sort of rough, um, vulnerable language of a young mind yes. who can do it so much better than we can. Like they really, oh, exactly. it's really great. It's spare and sort of rough. And I felt that too, listening, yeah. just almost a, such, just such an admiration of where it's coming from going, yes. yeah, try to write something like that. Yes. I dare you. Right. right. I mean, you just, it's really hard to tap into that. Right? It really is. Yeah. And yeah. it's kudos to our, our poet mentors this year who did such a good job yeah. nurturing their work. So, so, so that's the poem. So it's a great poem. As soon as I read it, I was like, yep, this one's going to be one because I had a big pile of poems to choose from, right? Okay, right. Um, and uh, and then Cecilia Livingston said it in this very, you know, beautiful, mm. uh, clear way that highlighted the narrative of the poem without being horrible and obvious. I mean, okay. it's not horrible at all. That's not the word I mean. But, yeah, yeah. but it's not you know, incidental music to a poem. Uh -huh. uh, she, effect, she she got to it. She achieved sort of the resolution of the poet mm -hmm. um, in a really natural, beautiful, subtle way. Uh, but, but obvious enough, though, that the student could understand it. Right. Right, because this is about, the whole class is about how is the composer aiding and abetting right. the intentions of the words? Through art, though, not in an obvious way. It's not a game. It's a piece yeah. of art. Yeah. So it's like the difference between a biography and a film, right? right. Like it's not just, okay, I will make like happy music here and sad music here and right. happy music. And so I think these these composers, these four women this summer mm -hmm. really did a good job in that sort of yeah. subtle, deft um, realizing of the poem. And just it oozed beauty i just there was a the the whole package the whole compilation the whole yeah project which yeah. we are going to share um on our right. social media eventually the entire right. recording of great it. um and it's a real treat to be able to share some of these songs uh now yeah. with with supporters of the school and people listening um i mean it, it just really felt like a yeah Re I, the, the entire time in that in that concert hall at the, at the enoch turner where we launched it i was thinking like how beautifully curated the whole thing was. Yes. And I think that does mm -hmm. come back to, I mean, this year, I don't know, something really special happened. Yes. Like you really pulled together. Like there's a lot of magic mm -hmm. that goes on in what makes this so beautiful. It's, it's finding the perfect match, the perfect pair of students, which we work like yes. it, it, that's a real challenge because we ask a lot of our students. Yes. Eh? Very intense. Yeah. I mean, this kind of workload 
So I should say this about this year because I think it's kind of special. Okay. So in the first week, um, you know, you can give the composer's guidelines about what you have seen in the past is hard and what you've mm-hmm. seen in the past is not hard. Mm-hmm. But in, at the end of the day, it's kind of like guessing game. You know, you've got to kind of... Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, um, so at the end of the day, you you can do your best um, to to kind of tell the composers sort of the level that they're writing at. Yep. But but it, you know it can be sort of that's a you challenge. never know. Yeah, it's a challenge. Of course, of course. Yeah, sorry, because when you when you land on your feet when it actually gets written. Oh yes. wait a minute! Like on the ground, this isn't working, or this this works right. beautifully. Yep, yep, that's right. Yep. So what happened this year is in the first week. So I teach the first two weeks. Or I taught the first two weeks with Lisa Raposa Miller, my most excellent colleague. Yeah, and then the third week. Greg O, who's also excellent, comes in and does the last week with me. Mm-hmm. So after a few days of the first week, Lisa and I came out of our, we'd been coaching the kids one-on-one for two and a half hours. Mm. And I said, uh, how was the day? How's your day? How's it going? And she said, I just worked really hard. Okay. And I said, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I felt like it was like, let's go back and do that one bar over again. Okay. Okay. Tap the rhythm. One, okay. two, Three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now tap yeah. the rhythm, but leave out the third beat. One, two, yeah. Four, yeah. like that yeah. kind yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah, was just yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And what we both said was these pieces are all a little bit too hard. Okay. And so in my head as a teacher, I was thinking, okay, like it's not an ego thing, Zorana. It's about the kids. Sure. Uh, maybe they will present only a few. Maybe right. the pianists will only play the left hand. Okay. Maybe okay. the singers will use their music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of which never occurred in the past. It's very important for the singers to get it off the page right. And, right. and all that stuff. And, but of course we kept that to ourselves. We didn't tell the, <laughs> we didn't tell the students, you know, and they just put their heads down and got it all done they got it all done and and now i should say two of the composers we sort of communicated that there were a few sections that were sure even the the professional piano my pianist colleagues were saying yikes i can't even please fix this like i would have to work on this yeah yeah Yeah. um and so that's the beauty of the collaboration with a living breathing composer right i mean and 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 a, a student at a certain level in their development. That's right. right. I mean, now, and I will say though, it was also that these composers in particular were yeah. really interested in the student having success and the right fit yeah. and the right fit. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. Sure, um, sure. But I think in this we case, saw that this for really sure, happened for sure. Um, so, but the, but the changes were small. I mean, okay. I'm not talking. Yeah. They this were just, is a modified. Yeah. You know, they were small things yeah, 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 and, yeah, and they yeah. put their heads down and I, I just, I was, more than I've ever been in this class, I just thought, I cannot believe how hard you all worked. Yeah. You just worked so yeah. hard. Everybody was off. The singers were all off book. There was real music being they made. They did so well. They did so well. It it actually, um, I was in a state of quiet awe. Who did, who sang I See You? Can you give the... Uh, so Benjamin Huang sang I See You. And he's been with the song, the Park song. Yeah. He's on all three years that we've recorded That's them. right. He's been on all three years and his voice changed last year early for his age. He's 13 yeah. and it changed uh, yeah. and he has this lovely baritone voice. And poor thing, because last year he was in between the switch. And yeah. so the songs were a bit of a squeaker, even though he was great. They, it was tough for him. And so this year I asked the composers specifically to write for his baritone range. Well, just so you guys hear the difference in, uh, oh, yeah. in Ben's voice, give me one second. We're going to play, uh, we're going to perform now. We're going to play, um, just want to get it right. Brown Mouse. 
We're gonna play it. We're gonna dive into it now. So you hear Ben Benjamin uh, Huang from the first year, uh, the Park Songbook Volume One. Here it comes now. Summon Shahi, yeah. Brown Mouse with Benjamin singing. So, so who else sang this year? Let's go. Let's play a, a tune from, sure. from each of our of our pairs. Good. Okay, and so talk about those kids a little bit. So Fatu Makuna, yeah, is a student that I've had the pleasure of teaching for many years now. And Fatu is a very talented songwriter in her own right. She writes beautiful music, yeah, beautiful lyrics. They tend to be quite melancholy. We've had some of her lyrics in the program before, but not yes. her. Last year, she wrote two songs, actually. Isn't that special? Two lyrics, right, rather. Right, right, right. Um, two poems is what I mean. Yeah. So this year, she was in the project singing, and her texts were not in, but she was singing other people's music and words. Yes. So she's very talented in that way, and she has the natural musicality that just you don't have to teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very aware, and I'm always very aware with popular musicians that come to me, that it is my responsibility to equip them with tools in the same way that I would equip another student of mine who sings classically. Yes. I really want them to be able to be literate with music notation. Mm-hmm. I want to give them all of these gifts because it will make their life easier to be yeah. able to do that. You're right. I, this is not a, a comment on judging and value about learning by ear at all. Some of right. the best musicians in the world learn by ear and she already has an excellent ear, mm-hmm. but I want all these kids to have the same benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So I want her to know about time signature and I want her to be able to have some slight functionality with the piano, for example, if she's a songwriter. Is she she going along the, for the ride with? Obviously, she is because uh, she hit it out of the park uh, that night, park. Uh, yeah. for sure, at the premiere. But when when you are trying to introduce things like that, right, is that coming naturally or are you having – is it a bit of a sales pitch? Um, oh, like do you mean does she want it? Oh, I think she's very serious about – 
Oh, how do I say this? Like, uh, uh, yeah, the, I think the value I, I, of it is she yeah, kind of seeing it. it I don't as know it if she's seeing it, but I do think, and I feel very grateful to yep. this. I think she trusts me. Yeah. When I say, nice, I want you to have this. I think you'll like it later. That's cool. Um, I think yeah. she trusts me. And I think my students also know that I'm not trying to push some kind of classical agenda on them. No. Like I, I am a classically trained soprano, but I sing out of, out of style and type in terms of sort of contemporary music all the time. And I have yeah. real respect for putting styles up against each other. And I yeah. think that is, that is the music that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I think that my students trust me because of that. Well, why don't we take a quick second here and play a piece that Fatou had, had premiered uh, at, the, at the Park Songbook Volume 3. Yes. So let's play... Um, <laughs> let's play... She. Here it comes now. She by Cecilia, Cecilia Livingston. Livingston. That's great. And and wow, Fatu really rose to the occasion. I mean, when you speak about the kids having that, maybe that, that fear about the week and a half in of a three-week mm-hmm. journey every day for half a day, uh, she made it though, right? I mean, that was that was such a beautiful – she was moving to the music at the end there, like just really feeling free with yes. it, eh? Yes, yes. No, she was. And, you know, I mean, we should probably play a little bit of that. Alice Ho piece because she had one of the more experimental pieces yep. where she was required to pluck strings in the piano and sing into the piano. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, let's play a little bit. Let's of play it. a little bit of that. Just to just to, yeah. so it's a real challenge. So she's plucking strings. She's using the natural resonance of the piano. Yeah. Um. She's kind of picking pitches out of the air. It was certainly the most atonal piece that we had. Yeah. Let's just hear a little bit of. Um. It's called Déteste Aimé. Fatou is also French speaking. She goes to a French school, so this was an appropriate poem for her by Thomas Muir. Um. Yeah, that's in great. French. Great. Here it comes now. Fantastic. And I think that that also the, the style of, of that piece really speaks to some, I think, some of our agenda of really yes. pushing the envelope of the Canadian new music and the Canadian repertoire and, and presenting it in a way that's so fun. And I think like seeing Fatu move to it and really bring it to life yes. with with, um, with Justin was a real treat and it made you really proud. It gave shivers. It, it did. It made yeah. me very proud. And it's also for sure it's important. One of the things that I'm trying to do is change 
not change because there's nothing wrong with the way that yeah. they've got their great ideas about music already, but I want to introduce to them the range of possibilities of what sounds mm. and what things and what risks are happening in music making now. Right. I just want them to have all those options available to them in their field of reference um, as songwriters and as, um, you know, um, um, consumers of culture. Yeah. Uh, because we want to start this early because we don't want the only new music that the TSO plays to happen in one week of the New Creations Music Festival. Right. We want it to happen all over the place. Right. And the way that we do that nice. is by getting young musical minds to not think this is such a strange thing. And further to be like, actually, this is really interesting. And this really does express how I feel. Yeah. And this shout into the piano uh it is more like what I am feeling, perhaps, yeah. than a strain of Vergebliche uh, Stenschen by Schubert. I really do think that the Vergebliche Stenschen <laughs> really does bring something. But but Thomas is Muir, Thomas Muir, Muir, sorry, not Muir. Thomas's pass of a really, uh, there was an emotion there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Fatu caught it and brought it and threw it out yes. all over that piano. It was really a beautiful thing to, to, to see brought to life. Yeah. And with Fatu in particular, you know, because, um, her sight reading level is she's, she's working on it and she's yep. at a, a, just at a level now. I, I have no doubt she'll be at, at with the this level. Year on her yeah. 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 Um, I made sure that the poems really, really clicked with her as I did with everybody. That. But yeah. yeah, but I, I, you know, it was a poem that I said to her at one point. You could write it. You could write this poem, right? As in, you could feel these things, yeah, right? Sure. Good, and she good, said, "Yes, good, good, good." Yeah. I, I, did they ever meet the poets? That's no. a, anyway. That's a thought for that's how to improve totally on next thought, year, yeah. right? To actually connect with Tomas and see what was in her head at that time. That that's yep. cool. It, it's just, it's a thought. It's a thought. We're always thinking. It's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to end on that. Look, we could do a part two and part three, just given the amount of time that you've invested in our school. And, and let's do that, right? I yeah. mean, I would, we could talk probably and do a, an entire other episode just on your fantastic graduates, the the, sure, the yeah. wonderful grads who I do plan on speaking with nice. uh, as well. So that'll be a really beautiful thing uh, to d dive into, you know. Yeah. Charlotte, um, Stacy, Isadora, yeah. the list goes on, the mm -hmm. list goes Most on, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it just keeps going, right? Without, um, and I'm sorry to any of our grads who listened and I neglected to mention your yes. names. Yeah. Priscilla. Priscilla. Well, anyways, I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. The amount Milena, of kids. Milena, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. the amount of kids and, and developing minds and future leaders that you've really, you know, yeah, you've really touched with, with, with your vision and, and passion for this project. So thank you, Zorana. Thank you so much to Zorana Savic for sitting with me and discussing the Park Songbook and our song interpretation program at the Regent Park School of Music. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to listen to other episodes, uh, check us out on Twitter at Regent Park Music. And we'll see you again next time on Every Little Voice. To say